Hey there, folks, and welcome back to Giant Talk. You will no doubt know me as Roger. I am the host. Uh, also happen to be the leader of There Be Giants, but uh, uh, I'm here today to uh, welcome back uh, Brett Knowles, who I, I seem to be uh, speaking to on a regular basis. How are you doing, Brett? Um, great. It's turning into springtime here in Canada, so it's uh, you know time to break out the bikinis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've actually seen a bit of sun over here in the UK, which is uh, makes a nice change. Uh, so, yeah, we're kind of going to take a bit of a deeper dive into what we touched on before. And, you know, just, just speaking to you before we, we hit the record, it, it, it's in this realm of, of AI and and the application to, to, to strategy development and OKRs, you know, I, I see from the outside looking in when I when I meet you and talk to you, it, your thinking is moving at a hundred miles an hour. So where you were two weeks ago, it's now moved on. So I feel like we could almost do this every two weeks, to be honest. You know, I think you're right. I, certainly, if anyone listened to previous podcasts, the foundation still is the same. What we talked about there, yeah, is definitely the truth. The extrapolation from it is completely different. So uh, the world in this space is changing incredibly quickly. And I'm sure mm. if we talked in another fortnight, we'd have uh, even more wisdom. Part of this wisdom is coming from uh, just the rapidly evolving space. So an indication of that would be, you know, when we last talked, there were about um, 12 plugins that one could use to augment a language tool like chat uh, GPT. Now there's slightly less than 100. So in two weeks' time, uh, you know, there's been the addition of almost uh, 82 new plugins, uh, and obviously that curve is going to go nothing but get steeper because there's yeah. many more in incubation at this point that are about to come out. So yeah. what took us, and I, I did some math last night, what took us literally 80 hours to do as a consultancy a month ago, we can now do literally in eight minutes. So. Um, all sorts of things that we used to have to do with a data scientist or a Python programmer. Now there's a plugin that does it. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So where do you want to start in terms of this deeper dive? Well, I think what we should do is uh, talk about what I'm going to call the five major elements of being able to use AI. And, and this is a particular application. We're talking about the strategy mm -hmm. development to execution. So yeah. really from you know, the, the time that you want to begin thinking about a strategy for your organization, you know, in the days of yore, you would do a SWOT analysis or presto and go through all that kind of crap. So that's the starting line. And then the ending line is those daily performance meetings that you have that you want uh, to execute, you know, faster, better, cheaper. So yeah. that's the scope. There's all sorts of other uses for this tool, uh, driving cars as uh, Mr. Musk would guide us on. Yeah. I'm not interested. In, well, I'm interested in that, but I'm, <laughs> you know, my passions about this business. So that's the scope of it. And to make that work, that system work, there's basically five components uh, that you need. Um, and uh, being Canadian, eh, I, I kind of think of that as like uh, five hockey pucks, ice hockey pucks, you know, these little, you know, chunks of stuff that need to work. And I think we should go through each of them. And the five are in no particular order. One is about the data set we need to look at. Secondly, is the um, what I'm going to call the nexus. And I'll just leave it at that to bait people to listen a bit more into the podcast. 
third is about uh, the parameters that we put in. So think of that as the sort of the Python programming that needs to get done. Third is the, cho the choice of the AI tool you're going to use. And then lastly is the prompt. Uh, and I'm going to go in reverse order for a second. So most people have, uh, sorry, you okay with those five? Absolutely. Yeah. And there's actually a six, which is applying the human brain to it. So mm. yeah, we'll talk oh, about good. That. That, it's nice to know that we're not redundant just yet. No, not yet, but um, you might want to be updating your LinkedIn profile. So <laughs> the, the idea is all this stuff just dumps a bunch of ideas on your desk. You then need the human wisdom to deal with it. So this is not, I'm going to call it AI because what I was describing before is GPT is now, I'm going to say it's an antique. Like it's, it's so last fortnight. So uh, I'm now going to call it AI just to, to help us um, have more timeliness in the conversation. The AI that currently exists is not good enough to make a decision for you yet. It's good enough to give you a whole bunch of ideas, but you still need to have that management meeting and your business acumen and apply it to it. So there's really six elements, but that human stuff, that's definitely made for people with a bigger brain than mine. Mm. I'm going to go to the step before that, the prompt for a second, and that'll give us sort of a thread to pull on. The idea is most people play with chat GPT. And in this world, the kind of thing you do, and I've seen a bazillion consultants posting on this, uh, you know, hey, let's assess this objective. And chat comes back with a bunch of observations. You go, wow, those are really wishy-washy. I can fix that up by asking a slightly better question or what we yeah. call a prompt. Yeah. And so I'm going to add a bit of context. What assess this objective in light of a family-run business of 50 people that has this, you know, inventory, this cash flow, this market, whatever the dimensionality is that you want to add in. Yeah. And as you keep on adding more context to the prompt, the answer gets better and better. And people in these posts I've been reading sort of, uh, you know, give themselves a, a high five and go, gosh, look at that. We've nailed um, <laughs> GPT. And what you've nailed is one of those five hockey pucks. Take and takes me back to my takes me back to my university days when I was doing research and you know you're always guided to be really specific in your question you read in your in your hypothesis because the broader it is the more difficult it is to actually be concrete in terms of you know your findings and conclusions yeah so. absolutely and you know as we know as consultants you know a great question is worth far more than a great answer so, <laughs> uh yeah, you know, the, there is definitely a skill set around getting the question right. In fact, uh, there's now certificates available in what's called prompt engineering. So prompt engineering is helping people build those skills to get those those questions right. The, what I'm poking at, though, is getting the questions right. Um, you know, I, I, I phrased this before that never has there been an environment where garbage in, garbage out has been a more appropriate uh, phrase. Mm. In this world, even if you get the perfect prompt, the perfect question, if you're still looking at um, the internet as it was in 2021, you're missing so many important elements. Like even if I ignore the context of your business, Silicon Bank didn't happen. Uh, Russia was just you know getting his guns warmed up, but you know the the economic uncertainty was nowhere near the stage it's at now. So. Whatever answer you get is way out of date with and the, the significance of that 
of, of your comment about 2021 is that the correct me if I'm wrong, but the publicly available version of ChatGPT that we can all log on to only looks at basically the internet up to 2021, doesn't it? Right, right. Sorry, I, I, I assumed everyone knew that, but that was probably hoping telepathy worked better than it really does. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And so garbage in, garbage out. If I'm looking at an outdated database, no matter how good your prompt is. So part of the problem we're seeing is there's this surge of people going, gosh, this chat stuff is awesome, but garbage in, garbage out, right? So for your listeners who've been playing with it, that's awesome. That's one of those five hockey pucks and you definitely need that skill set. But without the other four, it's pretty meaningless. Uh So um, the first one I described was getting the data set right. So I emulated that with the question by saying, okay, add some context to it. Like it's a family owned business. I have this cash constraint, whatever it might look like. If I begin adding more detail into that data set, uh, obviously I want to know, eventually when I became, begin analyzing performance, the data set needs to be my company's performance minute to minute. So think of just pouring into it, everything from your OKR system. So, uh, you know, I sort of think of this strategy development to execution as kind of like a circle or, you know, cause I'm Canadian, a, that would be a donut. Um, and so obviously what ends up happening on that donut is we've been talking about largely the strategy development section of that donut. If I slip down to sort of the bottom, the performance monitoring, if I want GPT to monitor or AI to monitor performance, mm-hmm. I need to give it the absolutely current performance data. And then I need to add in other things like um, the criteria of my investors. So investors might be looking for free cash flow. Investors might be looking for you to develop a new product. They're not interested in free cash flow. They're interested objectives that are more important to them are things around product development, testing, that kind of stuff. So all this, the knowledge that we go into use in building great OKRs needs to be part of that data set that it looks at. Now, if we ignore the other, you know, three hockey pucks I've been describing, even if you had the prompt right and you looked at your data set, you'd be miles ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, uh, 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 treat me like a, an idiot here. I'm going to ask a very straight, uh, a, very, a very simple question. How, okay, you've let's imagine you've got this data, you've got the performance data, like you say, you've got the, the criteria from your investors and, you know, uh, whole set of data where's the how do you put that into an ai tool uh, well you know that would be the pixie dust wouldn't it so um job function number one you need is what i'm going to call a data scientist so someone right. that can figure out what are those data elements and to keep life think simple uh, and you know when we go to organizations these days seldom do organizations have just one information system? They've got one to support sales, you know, something at Salesforce, something else to support um, the sales process, like LinkedIn sales uh, assistant. Mm-hmm. They've got a different tool for their financial um, record keeping. They've got a different tool for payroll. Mm-hmm. So these days, uh, you've got a choice. I can either use an API, which is sort of an automated way of linking yeah. these databases together, or just drop a flat file. So what's cool about 
so in the old days, I'd have to use an API and link them all together. And I say the old days, that's about, you know, late uh, 2022. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that that is, as you say, every fortnight things are changing. With chat, you no longer need to do that. So what you end up doing is building an element. I call that a table. And in the table, you're going to set up several subtables, which are called keys. And so I could set up a key for revenue, a different key for inventory, a di- or, you know, so a sub table inside of that one table. And they don't have to be linked. So in the API world, I got to link fields to fields to say, this is how these two things relate to each other. I just dump them all into this one pile because right. AI is smart enough to find the relationship. So for example, um, we were playing around last night at the pub and uh, we sort of, put in a bunch of spreadsheets we got from this organization and we said, okay, what is the stupidest question we could ask? And so we started off with the standard stuff of saying, well, you know, what is the average revenue by employee? Because those are two different files. The revenue comes from the sales system and the number of employees in the HR system. And so how do we um, yeah. ask questions like revenue per employee, which as a manager, you think of asking all the time. In the old days, I'd have to set that spreadsheet up and get the tabs right, get the alignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this case, you don't have to set up any of those structures at all. The AI tool will, and it's, it's kind of fun. It's almost like um, someone talking out loud as they do their set. So as you watch the Python coding, it comes back and says, literally it says, I think, you know, key one and key seven are what I should be looking at. Then it goes, in key one, I see sales by week. And I also, and in key seven, I see uh, employee headcount by week. So I'm going to join these two by week. And yeah. then it comes back and says, okay, so I've joined the the, the headcount and the revenue, uh, and this is the number I get. But then it goes, but I can also see the backlog by week. Would you like that? <laughs> and so it's, um, I don't have to do what I used to do in terms of building a data lake or data warehouse. Yeah, yeah. The AI tool does that for us. And the reason that, then again, we see that when you use chat. When you ask chat, so we, you know, with chat, we said, okay, tell me what the likelihood of someone over 50 winning the lottery on a full moon. <laughs> And of course, chat doesn't laugh. It's more mature than you are. <laughs> chat just goes, not a problem. Here's your answer. Well, it's looking at, you know, a whole plethora of different databases. You know, it's guessing where to look and keeps on looking until it finds something. It's guessing on what the connection is between those two different tables and giving you back uh, a response to your question. So it's looking at things that are completely unrelated. We call that the internet. Figuring out what the relationships are and coming back with an answer. Yeah. Now, sometimes when you ask questions of, of chat, it comes back with totally bizarre answers. Well, what do you know? It didn't connect the two things correctly. And so it's it's a bit like us, like your university days, you're making up shit, hoping you know you can get them by the prop. Sorry, my university days, I was confused. I, yeah, I was going to say, I didn't realize you read my research. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, 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 so go on. No, no, so... I, that's one element of it. Now, there's a second element, which I've described as second um, hockey puck. Uh, and as consultants, as you know, you've got to come up with clever words. So the clever word we came up with that one is called the nexus. So nexus, Sounds very sci-fi. Doesn't it? Isn't it cool? Yeah. So um, the, the idea is, 
when something happens, there's what I call a ripple effect. So let's say you got a performance issue uh, with one of your objectives. Or let's say, let's even be broader than that. There's a, oh, no, let's start off with the object. I get a performance issue with an objective. Chas can look at that and go, oh, that's interesting. Uh, you know, we're above or below what your target threshold is, um, but not by that much. I'll just send a note to Roger, the owner of it. Um, or maybe you set it up so that, um, you know, you're 20% over the threshold or under the threshold. I'm going to send a message to Roger and his boss. So it can decide what, and that's basically just a robot. It's just automating mm-hmm. uh, a known path. Yeah. Now it gets interesting. Now you can say to, um, now, but be careful. This is what I talked about last time. This is what I call the emperor has no clothes syndrome. The dilemma is right now, when you look at an objective, if it's a president's objective and you're not doing well, you're going to soft shoe your way around. It. Sorry, I would soft shoe my way around it trying to, you know, not, not embarrass the poor executive, uh, the poor CEO. Chat doesn't give a shit. It's like you laughing at my jokes. Like, so all of a sudden, chat's going to say, this objective is at a critical point. We have a problem with the team, blah, 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 blah. It's not going to pull any punches. Mm -hmm. So it changes the dynamics of that meeting completely because it doesn't have that, that, um, respect for hierarchies and so on. It's got no bias. Yeah. Now we're going to get to that on, on hockey puck, uh, number four. But not yet. So here in the Nexus, um, let's take one step further sophistication. What you can also ask, uh, what are these AI tools to do, is just take a look for any aberrations. Because the problem is we set up our objectives and key results about what we think we know. And the world is awfully clever. It often throws us curveballs and stuff that we don't know. That's never happened before. And you don't necessarily have detailed metrics on that issue. And that's the stuff that really bites you hard. So... What if you said to um, your AI tool, just take a look at all data for any aberrations. Mm. It's going to do this seven by 24. Like it's never going to sleep. You're going to get a, a ping at two o'clock in the morning when it observes something happening in Asia. But it can take it a step further. It can say, now I see an aberration happening. I'm going to take a look at all the other data and see if there's anything else that's correlated to it. Even if there's a time phase, like happened two weeks before or two weeks after, or whatever, and begin to form a hypothesis. And it could go, gosh, it looks like we've got these three things going sideways. Mm-hmm. And I know thing one from the organization charts owned by Roger, thing two from the organization charts owned by Brett, thing three from the organization chart owned by Sally. Well, I'm going to take a look at their calendars, find out when the three of them have a gap. I'm going to call a meeting. I'm going to set the agenda. I'm going to tell them what the issue is that we need to talk about and give them as much scripting as I can. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> and this isn't rocket science. We're doing this for our clients now. Right. So, uh, but to make that happen, we've got to understand what that network is. In other words, I described um, the nexus of saying, um, that scope of work is owned by Roger. That scope of work is owned by mm. Brett. Well, I need that. I need the organization chart. I need to know people's job descriptions. I need to know, in fact, even their performance reviews to know if they've got the competencies and skill set to handle whatever this issue is. I need to understand the business strategy and how the strategy is uh, impacted by this event and what things had an impact on that event. So impact by impact on. So this nexus becomes trying to map out what that network of connections looks like. So are you 
are, are you saying that that needs to be designed beforehand or that the AI can build this? No, it needs to be designed beforehand. Now, right. in theory, the AI can give a guess at it, but the guesses are atrocious. Like <laughs> they really give you a very low response rate. Um, now, but it is like boiling the ocean. You just do it one cup at a time. So it's easy just to plunk in your organization chart. Mm. Uh, and that's going to help you with a certain order of magnitude of issue. But when it gets a little bit more finite of an issue, I might now need to not just put in the organization chart, but add in the racy model. So, you know, what people are accountable for, what people are responsible, what people need to be get, get consulted, what need to get informed. Now, you can see it's making the model more robust. I can run it with just the organization chart, but by adding that extra dimension, that extra information to it, it gets a bit richer. And then mm -hmm. I can add in what your last performance review was. So I could be in an organization where I got five people that do roughly the same thing, but one person's a star and the other person's uh, lagging a bit. Or one person has extra competencies or skill sets or language knowledge or something that's going to help them solve this particular problem. So that's the nexus, beginning to map out that network of things. Okay. Right. So we've got the data set. We've got this hugely complex, intricate sort of, I'm visualizing this sort of network diagram yeah, and, here. And I've, I've certainly done my job. Like we know that the job of every consultant is to make problems look more complicated. So you need us consultants to help out. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've enjoyed you saying this big complex model. When we start off with a client, we often have only, you know, 25 connections in that nexus. Now, six months out, you have more like 250 yeah. or some, you know, 2,500, but you don't need to start off for that more complex model. What I tried to say earlier is, uh, you know, the simpler the model, mm. the more significant the problem has to be before it can help you answer it. What ends up happening is people become almost like an addict. You go, wow, that was an awesome answer. That was like so cool. I wish you could answer this question and it falls sideways. So you go, gosh, I need to add some more information to the next mm -hmm. So you don't have to build the whole thing at once. You can just chase wherever your acquiring mind goes and building out that part of it, running the model. And so what often happens is it's a problem-based build. What I mean by problem-based build is don't worry about it till you bump into a problem. When you bump right, into a problem, okay. you'll build up that portion. It's kind of, I'm kind of viewing it as like this digital entity. It is. It just grows and grows and grows and grows. Yeah, if we could, a digital entity, if we could come up with another name, like it's kind of like artificial intelligence. You, you call it like artificial Shut up, Brett. So go on then, talk to me about the third hockey puck, the parameters. Yeah, so um, within any... Um, tool, you can begin to set parameters. Now, and the, the easiest one to uh, think about is what's called temperature. The temperature really is a, a fancy Dan word for uh, randomness. So if I want the tool to come back with completely random answers, I'm going to set my temperature to one. If I want it to just be sticking to the facts, I'll set a temperature of zero. So it allows... so. In different questions, I want a different level of randomness. So maybe when I'm trying to develop strategy, I set a, a temperature of one. I want every bizarre idea you can think of. Yeah. When I'm trying to solve a trouble ticket, I want a randomness of you know point one. You know, I want you to rely 
very extensively on the existing data. And I don't want you to think beyond that. So there are roughly 40, I'm going to say tier one parameters that you need to set. There's probably 120 in total, but 40 gets you most of the way there. And what happens is when we use a tool like chat GPT, chat lives with um, a temperature of about 0.7. So mm-hmm. it's got a degree of randomness built into it that's invisible to you as a user. Uh, but you'll notice its impact when you take a look at chat's uh, results. Yeah. So um, within the parameters are things like temperature or what we talked about before. Um, I'm going to say effectively the logic by which I want the AI tool to associate these different files. So in the example I gave, uh, it's associating them based on week. And so anything that I've got bucketed by week, it sees as being part of an answer it could give you. Right. Dilemma is often, uh, believe it or not. So yesterday morning I was talking to um, uh, basically the the senior numbers people in Kagestan of all places. Uh, And Kagestan's only about 20 million people, but uh, they have... uh, a brilliant team working on corporate and, and company statistics. And the first thing this fellow said to me is, and by the way, Brett, um, our data is both clean and normalized. And those are the two issues we frequently bump into in hockey puck number one. Uh, so my example of normalized, or using my example, normalized would be we normalize around week one. So we mm-hmm. all understand we have a weak number. And that's a common thing. But mm-hmm. most clients we go to don't do that. We've got the accounting system that is based on uh, the financial periods. We've got a, a sales system that's based on maybe your your largest company's um, uh, calendar. Yeah. Or we actually did one for a large uh, chip manufacturer where literally it was based on the agricultural cycle where that, that company operated because those were who the funders were. And right. So I end up with these multiple time horizons at play. Some data is by week, some is by month, some is mm-hmm. by you know fortnight, some is by phase of the moon. It's not normalized, and so we need to in in Python or the programming environment, we need to give it some clues as to how to join these things together. I'm still not going to join them. I'm just going to say the time available buckets are A, B, C, and D, and A relo- relates to D in this way. And C relates to B in this other way. Yeah. It can normally figure it out. So if it's just day of the week versus week number in the year, it can figure that out by itself. Or if I want to move it to a Julian date, it can figure that out by itself. So there's a bunch of stuff it does by itself, but a bunch of stuff it can't do. So in my case, I might have one financial period that works every two weeks, whether that two weeks is on the 15th of the month or the 12th of the month. I've got another one that um, is called bi-monthly, and that's not based on the 15th or the 30th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some months aren't lucky enough to have 31 days, et cetera. So I then need to give it some clues as to how to join those things together. So okay. between things like temperature and the and the, and the the context, I mean, it, when you write a blog post and you ask chat to take a look at it, you can begin to say, well, I want it at a certain flesh level, like, you know, reading comprehension level to understand what's going on, or a certain level of humor or those sort of things mm. can add the same type of attributes to 
um, all of your AI inquiries based on um, what's appropriate for that decision. Right. In other words, you know, one thing I could use chat for, we talked about performance monitoring, but I could also use it for uh, writing my presentations for the North Star. If I want to present to the board of directors compared to presenting to the executive team, compared to presenting to employees, compared to presenting to regulators, I can say to a different AI tool, make me a presentation a slide deck for presenting to employees with a humor index of whatever. Yeah, yeah. Make the same presentation for the board, but have no humor in yeah, it, yeah. et cetera. So there's in those parameters, I can begin setting those attributes that you could set up in the prompt, but if you set them up the parameters, it then transcends time. What does that mean? It means next quarter, when I want to get the board presentation put together, it'll remember the parameters I had last quarter and apply those. Yeah, yeah. If I yeah. don't do that, I got to remember to put them into the prompt to get it. So what I'm doing is I'm offloading some of that human stuff into the parameters. Okay. And just actually, just to pick up on what you've just said there. So obviously in the context of the third hockey puck, you're talking about parameters that are set and are fixed, but then it sounds like you've got the opportunity to introduce um, perhaps query specific prompt specific parameters as well. Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the infamous hockey puck number five is that's where you can tweak it for that particular unique instance. So yeah. okay. the parameters is generically for the board, I want to do this, but I might be wanting when I pre present to the board this way, maybe one of the board members, I don't know, had a baby or something. Uh, in the prompt, you could add something in that would uh, pay respect to that unusual event okay. and include that in the context of the, the presentation, the slide deck. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So the so, four, sorry, go on. So think of the parameters is what I want as table stakes. I want those to transcend time. I can still overwrite them with a prompt, but I want those mm -hmm. to be the default. And so you're going to guide the organization by setting those structures so that week on week, when it's looking at it, at your data, it's looking at it in a consistent way. Right, okay. So the fourth one was choice of tool. Right. So we all think of things like chat, uh, GPT, which we use for writing blogs, better writing emails, doing searches and so on. But you've also are aware probably of, of different AI tools for creating art. Uh, and if yeah. you aren't, you should play with them. They're, they're fun, right? You know, so what type of dog is it you've got? Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Okay. So I want a Staffordshire Bull Terrier uh, with its hair dyed orange on a surfboard yeah. in Bali. Boom, it's created that that image for you. And you go, no, 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 no. My dog's fatter than that or, or slimmer than that. And it comes back and, and does that iteration. Um, and then you say, I want that dog now to talk to me. And I want me, wanted to tell me a funny cat joke. And they can animate it and like all that kind of stuff. So it's still AI, but instead of using words to craft a blog, it's using pixels to uh, chart a picture. So we're already aware of different AI tools that do other things. Um, Tesla's got an AI tool. I forget what it does, but joking, right? Drive <laughs> cars. So the idea is there's a bunch of different AI tools. 
and the metaphor there is a, is a, it's a bit like playing golf. They're all kind of sort of the same, right? Every golf club's kind of the same. It's got a long handly thing on it. And it's yeah. got a little sticky thing on the bottom. It's what you do when you don't have frozen water to play hockey on. You use, you know, a, a sawed off hockey stick and, and instead of a puck, you use a golf ball. So sorry for all the Scottish people in the audience. So, <laughs> um, but each club, although it's similar, has a different use. And you kind of have to uh, almost think of having a caddy that's going to say, well, given how you're swinging today, what the wind looks like, um, I'd use a seven. Tomorrow on the same hole in the same shot, maybe you had a good night's sleep and you'd been to see your physiotherapist. They might say, you know, go ahead and use a five today or, you know, use a nine Yeah, go over the water, not around it. So those tools are a bit like that. Given the problem, there are some AI tools that are more appropriate for that type of problem. Yeah. So um, obviously, I could play the whole game of golf with three clubs, but uh, my net score wouldn't be as good as if I had a selection of clubs and I could choose just the right club for the right shot on that day. So the choice of tools is along those lines. Okay. To make things slightly more complicated, there's what's called plugins. So a plugin is something I can add onto the tool to make it slightly different. Mm. So. Um, earlier on in the podcast, I talked about how there's about 100 um, plugins currently available. Each plugin does something that's slightly different. For ChatGPT, you're talking about? Yeah, for ChatGPT. In fact, um, I'm we're only using Chat because that's the one that's sort of commonly known. But yeah. all of these other AI tools are having their own cluster of plugins being built. So. My example of uh, doing art, Photoshop recently announced their their AI tool, which is super awesome. But literally within about 16 hours of them announcing that, the first plugins began appearing. Why? Because mm -hmm. there are thousands of people that use Photoshop. And as soon as they see the AI that they've done, they go, oh, crap, they're missing this one thing. I can make a million, million bucks by doing that one thing. Yeah. So, the development time for these plugins is incredibly fast now that people have recognized that there's money to be made uh, with those things. So mm -hmm. you've got a combination of the actual AI tool and the plugin, all of which augment the data set you gave it, the nexus it's working on, and the parameters that you've built. So this tool almost becomes a connective um, tissue, the mm -hmm. wiring that joins these things together. So mm -hmm. obviously if I chose a tool that wasn't friendly with my data set or couldn't use my Nexus, then um, that tool is not going to be as useful to me. So for, for anyone that's listening to our ramblings here um, and they were kind of thinking, where do we start? How do I actually get stuck into this? You know, the majority of us who are not, experts in AI only really know of chat GPT at the moment. And that's the one, although I did try to log on to it a few days ago and it said it was over capacity. So that's interesting. Um, but um, uh, yeah, that's the one that everybody seems to know, but it just presents you with, you know, an input box text and a, and a text screen. Now, obviously that's useful if you're, you know, you want to try and draft a, blog or see what it thinks of something you've already written or whatever that's fine but what we're talking about here is far more complex so where 
where would someone start who was wanting to put together, whether they be a consultant or whether they be already in an organization, but they were wanting to put together an AI-based uh, tool that would help with strategy development? Well, so um, you can do what I've done, which is cobble together a team around each of those hockey pucks. So you need to get together your data scientists to help get the data set right. You need to get your business analyst to help you get the nexus right. You need to get your software team to be able to get the parameters right. And then you probably need a new skill set around helping you choose the right uh, AI tool. And then the, the, the first hockey puck we talked about getting the prompt right, you might want a prompt engineer. In other words, there's a, a collection of people and emerging knowledge in each of those areas mm. that you need to get your hands on. Now, obviously, you can run chat GPT without that cadre of people. Mm. And what you're doing is taking all of their defaults and running with them. Yeah. So there's sort of a spectrum here between just doing whatever chat can do and you, you modify it by having better uh, parameters uh, in, your, in, your, um, in your prompt. Uh, but... Uh, the the fear of God that I'd put into you as a as a consultant is your competitors are engaging people like us to go have much more sophisticated models that are uh, helping them make their business decisions. So yeah. in that example of that performance monitoring, when it looks for abnormalities that you've never seen, if your competitor has that capability and is you know calling that meeting the next day. And you don't get to it for, you know, a fortnight, a month, six months, who wins the game? Yeah. So I th do believe this completely changes um, competition. I don't need better data sets. The data sets that, and, and you know, I, was, I was talked to some people the other day and they're going, gosh, Brett, I'd love to do that, but we don't have the data. Well, we've been doing this for startups. Startups have zero data. It's just going to take generalized data off the internet and guide you with that. As your business begins to grow and you get your own data set, you're gradually going to sneak out the internet and replace it with this better data set. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we don't need, so for each of those hockey pucks, I can start off light. I don't need any data from you. I can just run it with publicly available stuff. But if I put data in, I get a better answer. I don't need your nexus, but I can start off with you know 20 connections and I'm better off than the company that has none. Mm. I don't need to do all 120 parameters. I don't even have to do the, the 40 primes that we call them. I could run with two or three, my example of temperature, and run with it. I don't need to use the best AI tool. I can use whatever I got my hands on. So each one of those things you can run at a suboptimal level. There's no, there is zero barrier to entry. As we know, just by using chat, there's no barrier to entry. It's just garbage in, garbage out. The better the input, the better the output. Mm. Do you see uh, a, a stage in the development that um, you might, you know, a user, um, like I say, could be a, a, a consultant or, 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 or someone that's already in an organization might actually be able to use a tool which just requires them to, you know, put your data set here, ask you questions to help you 
pull together your nexus, then ask you a whole set of further questions, which pulls together your parameters, and then bingo, off you go. Do you, do, you, do you see do you see that coming as opposed oh, yeah. to having to um, uh, you know employ all these specialists? No, that's inevitable. That's yeah. absolutely no question going to happen. And my guess is it'll happen within the next you know five years, which yeah. probably means within the next five months. But uh, it'll it'll it's inevitable that that will occur because at each step on the journey of going from where we were six months ago to that. Uh, utopia you describe, mm. there's extra value to be added. So every mm. time you add a step. So, you know, we now have a consultant package around developing that whole, all five hockey pucks for, for clients. Um, and that even paying our exorbitant fees is way better off than trying to do this stuff manually. A year from now, that service that we offer today is going to be obsolete because there'll be yeah. a bunch of plugins and stuff that do it. So as you say, every time we talk, the target moves because the evolution so quick, but yeah. that doesn't mean we don't offer huge value to our clients based on our ability to do it. We found uh, last week we we tally we found about five million bucks uh, of um, profit for clients that are using this system. So this is stuff that they would not have seen without this structure being yeah. built. So, so long as my fees are less than five million bucks, they've made a positive return on that investment. Now, trust me, my fees are much less than that. So <laughs> it's inevitable that it's going to get better, but even now it's adding huge value. So, okay. yeah, we, I was reading some stuff about Tesla and it's interesting because, you know, we, there's lots of articles about uh, these cars having accidents and uh, yet the AI is definitely not perfect. And there's many things that can trick it, like a bunch of accidents last year because, you know, Bizarre things were happening. Transport talks were doing a U-turn on a highway mm. and the Tesla's brain wasn't smart enough to figure it out. But the number of mistakes that Tesla makes, a Tesla AI makes per mile is already significantly less than humans. Yeah. Uh, and so, no, it's not perfect, but it's way better than if you and I were driving cars. Mm. Uh, so what we're getting out of these instruments, maybe I only found 5 million and I should have found 50 million, mm. but finding 5 million is way better than we were, uh, you know, slightly before then when we're finding zero. Yeah. So okay. the whole idea here is, uh, at each step we're adding value and it's helping organizations perform better. And it's also helping us codify knowledge. So, the fact that Tesla bumped into that car or that truck is really unfortunate, but it will never do it again. But it'll, it's learned and from it. Yeah. It's learned from it. And what's interesting is every single Tesla in the world no, learned from that literally within minutes. Mm. Well, you know, we've you we talked earlier on about trying to go to university. It's really hard for us to put ideas into our brains. Imagine that, uh, you know, in an instant, as soon as someone in the world knew something, everyone else knew exactly the same thing. So mm. the idea of these parameters and using these AI tools is I get a standard, reliable, repeatable process that will learn as it goes forward. Okay. We could call it artificial intelligence if we thought about it. I'm going to reveal some of my geekdom here, but it reminds me of the Borg in Star Trek. <laughs> well, it's it it's almost like a centralized hive mind. <laughs> yeah, well, many people have said that... Um, Science fiction writers do a better job of uh, predicting what the future looks like mm. than people who actually try to predict the future. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, you think of uh, uh, the original Star Treks where they got those little uh, comcorder things you open up and speak into. We call those things cell phones these days. Mm, exactly. All sorts of stuff that, that. And so you're right. It is remarkably like the board. And, you know, interestingly enough, if we could also put uh, the benevolent attributes that the Borg. Uh, now we're getting really into geek here. <laughs> um, uh, if you. Um, Isaac Asimov, uh, way back when, wrote what are the three rules of a robot? Yes. Uh, and then wrote a whole series of books testing those rules and looking how. That's the world that we're in. Mm. Yeah. Well, on that note, it's probably a good point at which to draw a line under our discussion today. Thank you very much, Brett. Always so much to to say and so much to uh, to add. And it's been really useful having that deeper dive. I know I've certainly learned uh, more today, and I'm sure our listeners have. Uh, so thank you to everyone who's joined us. Uh, we, we shall be back again in a couple of weeks for a, another episode of Giant Talk. So uh, don't forget to tune in and we'll see you all then. Take care now. Thanks. Thanks.